What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, and I am joined, as I always am, by my co-host, Lauren Arbach. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? I was waiting. Again, I'm always waiting since you... You know, since you've done the uh, the game show host uh, intro, I never know when it's coming. You know, kind of. I'm just going to keep it a little different every week. This week, I kind of had a little dramatic pause there. I don't know if you picked up on that. Well, I, and I felt it was it was kind of peppy overall, a little bit. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. I'm I'm excited. It's another week of football. Life. It's is another good. week of football, and also, you know, we've got the Thursday night game tonight. You are also a Red Sox fan. Got the Red Sox playing tonight. So um, I know. Are I'm gonna have to. Like, I'm gonna have to split screen that. I know. I was gonna ask what the how this was gonna work over at, in, in your household. You know, just kind of two different screens, or what are you gonna be doing? Because I'm gonna try the, the picture time, in picture. Right? I think. Um, oh, okay. You know, I, I think I've talked about it before. I, I'm certainly talking about it to you. I think I may have talked on the show as well about what my Sunday football routine is <laughs> mm-hmm. with eight games on the screen at the same yes. time with the. Direct TV game mix. Uh-huh. Uh, so I am very much used to looking at multiple things at the same time. So I don't mm-hmm. think I should have much problem uh, with two games. With just two games, even though yeah. they are different sports. So there's like yeah. a lot, a little cognitive dissonance there, I think. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, there's a lot of baseball and football both have a lot of dead time in between. Like, uh, you know, basketball, not so much. Like it's constant mm-hmm. action. Um, but like in baseball, Every, in between every pitch, there's like 30 seconds. In football, yeah. there's about 30 seconds in between every play. So I'm just hoping that, you know, it will be like my eyes will be, it will be like watching a tennis match, eyes going back and forth between the two things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm confident that you can totally cover both these games at the same time. This should be easy for you, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm excited about the Red Sox. Took mm-hmm. down the Yankees. You know, I, uh, Peter Gammons had a great, piece we won't talk about too much baseball here but he had a great piece about the 1978 uh game that was the year before I was born and I sort of grew up in the shadow of Bucky bleeping Dent and uh Bill Buckner that was when I was like six or seven years old so like I remember back when it was painful being a Red Sox fan and it's so nice how much things have changed in the Mm -hmm. last couple decades that the new millennium has been a new millennium for Red Sox fans for sure did you have like a little T-shirt going around? Like did they just give these away in Boston that just says like Buck, Bucky bleeping dent <laughs> on it? <laughs> no, we, we would just burn those instantly. So <laughs> if they did exist, they no longer do. <laughs> but he was at that game uh, the other night to see the Red Sox beat the Yankees. So that was yeah. nice. Yeah. A little payback. Full circle. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, why don't we get talking about football since i think that's why people are here yes Uh, although we do do at rest of season rankings fantasy baseball so tune in next march we will be back uh getting you ready for your drafts and your win your your fantasy baseball championship next year but for now it is all football all the time time. yep that's right it's football time football time Uh, yeah uh guar uh (laughs) So, all right. Well, it's Thursday morning here, and this evening we do have, as you mentioned, a football game coming up. It's a very interesting one Mm -hmm. between the Rams and the Seahawks, and Mm -hmm. the news on Chris Carson that has been coming out is not good. Uh, He has a neck condition, a long-term condition uh, with his neck that apparently has 
been bothering him on and off this entire season. I mean, he was on the injury report with a neck issue in week one, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe this sort of explains why his snaps have been way down the last two weeks. He's played less than half of the offensive snaps each of the last two weeks. Um, He hasn't really been involved in the passing game at all this year either. So there were already some reasons to be a little concerned about Chris Carson, but now it's, it's kind of, Sounding like he's not going to suit up tonight. It's we'll have to we'll have to check the game day inactives. But uh, where do you, where where are you on the panic meter on Chris Carson? And uh, if he is indeed out, are you excited to fire up Alex Collins in fantasy leagues? Well, I think you have to be excited about Collins if Carson's out, right? I mean, this he got mo- more of the play last week, right? In week four. Yeah, um, and he looked really good, actually. Yeah. And so I think you have to. This is a big game, you know, and I feel like usually we don't get big games on Thursdays, but this is a big game. It's, it's you know, two powerful offenses, division, divisional game. I think this is, some, this is a game where you're throwing everyone in there, and, um, and yeah, it, Alex Collins has to be considered if certainly if Chris Carson's out. Um, you know, and with Chris Carson, I feel – like we've 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 talked about him before, and that he's kind of um, he always kind of falls, you know, in in drafts. I feel like he's always a little bit undervalued. He does tend to have some health uh, concerns, but yeah, this is definitely con- concerning if this is a kind of bigger deal rather than just kind of a you know a Knicks you know a Knicks yeah. year. you know yeah, this, it's, this a, is it's a, a different kind of. Yeah. Right, it's a different kind of injury than what he typically. Mm-hmm. He usually gets, you know, beat up basically, mm-hmm. and it's just like um, he doesn't tend to suffer these like catastrophic injuries. But mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I also don't want to go too overboard on this because we don't really know that many details about this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's worrisome because a neck injury, like it's, it feels like the kind of injury that could just like instantly end someone's career. But it also could just be something that's not that big a deal. It's really hard to. I mean. If it's a pain management kind of a thing, um, then, you know, that's more what we're used to with Chris Carson. But if it's something where it's um, going to, you know, end his career, that's obviously something very different. So uh, we just don't know. There's a full spectrum of possibilities right now. But I agree with uh, you about Alex Collins. I mean, I think the Seahawks are a team you want their lead running back. It's it's sort of a plug-and-play kind of situation. I feel like mm-hmm. if Carson is out, Alex Collins is a plug-and-play RB2 uh, for this matchup, even though the Rams are a good defense. Um, you know, if Carson's active, I think it's actually a little trickier because then it's like, is he going to be playing his normal complement of snaps? Is he going to be playing more like 45% of the snaps like he did last week? Is he going to, like, be even less than that? It's hard to know. Yeah, that, so, I mean, that's what I was going to ask you is if he yeah. is if he is going to play, you know, do you, do you put him in or do you kind of look at your bench and see who else you have and see if – uh, you think that they'll be better? Yeah, I mean, I think if you have like if your if your team is really loaded and you have like a uh, running back two, another running back two, or wide receiver two kind of a player that mm-hmm. you can put in for Chris Carson, I would do that for sure. Uh, if it's more of like one of those like boomer bust flex kind of guys, I mm-hmm. I think I would still stick with Carson if he's active. Yeah. But we're gonna have to see. They'll probably you know usually these Thursday night games you get a lot of. Uh, reporting ahead of the t- ahead of time because um, mm-hmm. all the national media have nothing else to do but cover this one game um, until the weekend. So uh, we may see some more information about Carson's status uh, prior to kickoff that might uh, help us make that decision. Yeah. 
Yes. So we definitely we have to pay attention. Yeah. And then on the Ram side of the ball, you know, I'm really interested to see if this is if this is Robert Woods week. I feel like I have a sneaking suspicion this is Robert Woods week. Uh, you know, the Seahawks are not a very good defense. And Robert Woods is kind of the squeaky wheel. Like, I think he's pretty unhappy with mm-hmm. his lack of usage so far this yep. season. Um, I don't think there's any reason to believe he's declined in his abilities. It's just simply been the Cooper Cup show mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And, you know, it's sort of like what we saw with Robbie Anderson with the Panthers. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. I feel like that that's going to happen with Robert Woods this week. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's been barking a little bit for the past couple of weeks. And again, you know, like like you mentioned, it's not due to a lack of skill or a decline in skill. It's just this is how this offense has played out so far. And he's, you know, a great player. And I, I, I agree with you uh, here. I think that, uh, again, this is such an important uh, game. And I think that they will look to try and get him involved a little bit more this week. Yeah, I also just think there should be a lot of points scored in this game. So it's one of those games where, like, it's a good idea to get get your players into the game if you mm-hmm. can, you know. Mm-hmm. I have Robert Woods ranked as my wide receiver 23 for this week, um, which okay. is lower than I had him, you know, heading into the season. But it might be higher than a lot of other people will have him now at this point mm-hmm. based on how disappointing he's been up to this point. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like this is, like, make it or break it wide receiver two time for him if he – can't deliver in this matchup, then I think he probably will have to be more of a wide receiver three going forward. Oh, I hate to hear that, but yeah. I, I know. mean, I know you have, have your team in our league. league. You've got him, and your team's called Into the Woods, right? <laughs> I know. It's just, it's, it might have to be I, called I Lost in the Woods. I uh, lost in the woods, out of the woods. I don't know, something in the woods. We may have to come up with a new name there, but uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I'm fingers crossed with him. I also have Chris Carson as well. So, uh, you Ooh. know. So yeah, I have Chris Carson uh, in 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 one league, but I have Alex Collins in three leagues. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to the uh, Jets and the Falcons. Uh, this mm-hmm. game will be played at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium <laughs> in London. Uh, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I don't. I'm not a big fan of of Spurs, but that's that's a conversation for another day. Uh, this game, uh, what are you looking for here? Well, you know, I have to say, I. I kind of like the Jets in this game. First of all, I don't like these these early London games. I think that the it throws everyone's schedule off. I feel like they're always low scoring. I don't know if that's true, but it feels to me like like that's true. Um, but well, I'm an Anglophile, so I'll have to disagree. <laughs> okay, would you know? Like, yeah, I have no idea. This is just this is just me. Just I'm a I'm a fo- I'm an, an Anglophile, but I'm also like a, a football fanatic. So like. Uh-huh. I love island games. Give me more and more island games. It's, just, know, it's more games yeah. I can like focus on, you know, because like know. if if it's, uh, you know, the eight games at once is, is good. But a lot of time at one o'clock, there's more than eight games. So even when I'm watching eight games at the same time, I'm still missing one or two games. Games like this that start uh, three hours earlier mm-hmm. allow me to watch more football. It's a routine disruptor for me, but we can also dis- debate that later. Just drink anyway. some tea while you're watching. I know. Yeah, then, yeah, then it works. Spot of tea. Um, <laughs> Spot tea. Uh, um yeah, no, I do actually kind of like the like the Jets in this one. I like Zach Wilson. I think it's it's always it's always a good strategy to target, you know, um go again to target some soft uh defenses, which Atlanta is. You know, I'd like to see you know, last week Matt Ryan, he played really well. He ended uh the week as the QB three, which is great. But that was against uh the Washington football team and 
really, I feel like I could score a lot of fantasy points against the Washington football team so far this season. Uh, But the Jets are a tougher matchup, and I don't think, it still doesn't look to me like the Falcons have kind of gotten off on this. Like, they just, it doesn't look like they have everything figured out yet. So, um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I like Zach Wilson. I like Corey Davis uh, in this one. And, um, you know, of course, though, you know, with with the Falcons, um, you know, I think, you know, you're, you're still putting Calvin Ridley out there. And Kyle Pitts was targeted targeted a uh, season high nine times last week. He hasn't scored yet, but he's still getting uh, a ton of looks. And then it's that question, you know, Cordero uh, Patterson. I'm looking to see how he's used this week. If it's uh, that kind of, you know, that hybrid wide receiver running back mix, which I wouldn't be surprised if, if they try that because I think that it worked last week. And I think that may be a way to get around kind of a tougher Jets defense. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm a little confused by the Jets' defense, actually, because typically they have a great front seven and they're really tough against the run and they're very mm-hmm. vulnerable in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year it's actually been the opposite. They've given up the uh, fourth most points, uh, fantasy points, adjusted fantasy points to running backs and the seventh fewest fantasy, adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks. So um, it's been kind of flipped on its head this week or this season so far. So I'm going to be interested to see if that continues. But I agree with you about. Um, liking the Jets offense uh, in this matchup. I, you know, I think people were too quick to uh, give up on Zach Wilson because uh, his first three matchups of the season were brutal. I mean, it was Carolina, the Patriots and the Broncos. Those are three top 10 defenses in the league. Um, That's a really tough task for a rookie quarterback making his first three career starts after playing at, you know, a lower Mm -hmm. level of competition in college. I mean, that's a Mm -hmm. huge uh, step up in, in the defenses he's facing. Um, but he looked much better last week against Tennessee, against a defense that isn't so good. And I think this is another defense he can exploit in the Falcons. Um, so I, you know, I mean, he's still, we're still talking like, you know, kind of low end QB2 kind of thing for Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. But I feel confident about firing up Corey Davis at this point. Um, it will be interesting yeah. to see in terms of Jamison Crowder and Elijah Moore if they're both active. Um, you know, it seems like Elijah Moore should be back this week from uh, a concussion. So it will be interesting to see which of those two guys kind of uh, is the second target for Zach Wilson mm-hmm. behind uh, Corey Jones and maybe uh, Corey Jones, Corey Davis. And it, it might actually be the number one target because those guys are maybe more uh, uh, volume guys, whereas Corey Davis is more of the big play guy. So right. that will be that will be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to the Patriots and the Texans. Uh, As usual, the Texans are uh, heavy underdogs, (laughs) as they will be most weeks. Um, They are uh, eight-and-a-half-point underdogs against New England, even though they're at home. Um, You know, the the Texans are just not a good football team. Uh, You know, we we really can't ever say much about them other than play Brandon Cooks, right? And... uh, even last week, they were a disaster against Buffalo, and Brandon Cook still had a okay game. I, yeah. You know, so I think that just proves he's a wide receiver three at worst every week. Really, a wide receiver two uh, often. Although maybe New England is a pretty good defense, so it might not be one of his best weeks. But if you've got him, you're probably playing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then on the New England side, there's just this will be interesting. This you know, Mac Jones looked really good last week. It hasn't really translated into huge fantasy numbers, but um, this is a great matchup for him. So I think this kind of will show what his upside will look like. This is maybe 
um, could be one of his better games of the season. Uh, I still think there's better streamers out there than him, but uh, you know, Jacoby Myers could could have maybe he actually catches his first touchdown of his career. You never yeah. know. Um, and possible. yeah, and that running game is still really interesting to watch too because uh, last week. At, you know, J.J. Taylor fumbled, and he's back in the doghouse, the Belichick doghouse, as is Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. All right, last we checked, he was anyway. So that leaves uh, Damian Harris as the mm-hmm. clear lead back and Brandon Bolden as the reliable veteran who is filling the James White passing down role. So right now that looks kind of uh, kind of uh, clear cut, I would say. But mm-hmm. we'll have to see because um, – if Stevenson, I have a feeling Stevenson might be active for this game instead of Taylor, uh, and we'll just have to see if he gets a, a chance uh, to step in and eat a little bit out of either Harris or Bolden's uh, role in that offense. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I do think that Damian Harris is a really good play this week. Um, yep. You know, it's it's always a good good play if uh, you're going against uh, you know the the Houston uh, defense. Um, you know, last week they they gave up a combined 140 yards between, you know, uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. You know, Josh Allen also chipped in uh, some rushing yards as well. So this is this is definitely a plus matchup for Damian Harris. And I think that he will he will walk away with a very good stat line. I think. This yeah, week. I think I have him as like a top 15 running back play this week. He also ran a career high um, number of pass routes uh, last mm-hmm. week. So. Uh, that's kind of interesting okay. to see. I mean, right, I don't yeah. think they, I don't think they really trust him in pass protection, um, but they may uh, get him a few targets in the passing game uh, now that James White is out for the season. Yeah, interesting. All right, so moving on to Miami at Tampa Bay, uh, the Buccaneers are a juggernaut. Uh, they're going against backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett, and they're favored heavily by ten points, uh, over under for, uh, forty eight points on this game. Uh, what are you uh, expecting from this one? <laughs> well, I think we have kind of a clear picture of how how uh, Tampa Bay operates. You know, I mean, this is a very pass-heavy offense. Um, you know, all those their pass catchers um, are solid plays each week. Um, you know, kind of fade the uh, their running their running backs. Although I do think that Fournette has kind of stepped up. And you, I was going to ask you about, about that. This. Yeah, yeah. As I say, you know, it's like uh, we talked about this a little bit in our last pod, where you know Ronald Jones for whatever reason is just not getting any play. You know, and um, and so it's it falls to to Fournette and he looked pretty great last week and I actually kind of wouldn't be surprised if they leaned on the run uh against the Dolphins a little bit more I know that's not typically their uh, kind of team game game plan you know it's it's that pass first offense but I wouldn't be surprised to see uh some some Fournette some Fournette action uh this week um I guess yeah, on the no, other I, side of the, oh, yeah, well, uh-huh. just real quick on that. Mm-hmm. I agree with you very much. I have I have Fournette probably as high as I'm going to have him in my rankings all year, mm-hmm. um, unless he really continues to lock down that lead back role. Maybe he becomes like you know top fifteen guy or something. But right now, I have him at RB seventeen for this week. Uh, that Dolphins defense is mm-hmm. really really struggling against the run. Uh, they've given up hundred yard games to Damian Harris, Jonathan Taylor, and even Peyton Barber. Uh, so far what? this season, I know 82 <laughs> yards on the ground to Devin Singletary. I mean, every running back they faced has torn them up. 
and they've given up, uh, you know, uh, five rushing touchdowns to running backs uh, so far this season as well. Uh, that's just a very exploitable matchup mm-hmm. uh, for Leonard Fournette. And given how, uh, you know, especially if uh, Gio Bernard is out again, yes. um, I think Leonard Fournette could be in for a bell cow kind of a role in this game and put up some really big numbers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and I was going to say, you know, on the other side of the ball, like, <clears throat> I could kind of see Jacoby Brissett having a sneaky good day, maybe. Um, you know, I, I don't want to put, you don't want to put, you know, too, I think, too many Miami dolphin eggs in your basket. I don't know if that's what I really wanted to <laughs> the say. The dolphins lay but... eggs? Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, they're mammals, Andrew. Um, oh, yes. So... But, you know, I, I think they, they're going to have to try and, uh, I think, keep up with with the uh, with the Tampa Bay Bucks, And I think they're going to have to do it through the air because I don't really know what's going on with their backfield. I don't know if they know what's going on with their backfield. Um, I think Will, Will Fuller is now on the IR, so it will fall to Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddell, um, and Mike Kosicki. You know, he's been targeted 18 times in the past two weeks. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a – I think he's a top 10 um, – maybe even top eight uh, tight end this week. But yeah, I don't know. You know, Brissett can run a little bit. He's going to have to air it out. I think that uh, he could he could be a, a surprise uh, good play this week. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go streaming him in a one-quarterback league, but no. in a two-quarterback league, I think he's viable this week for sure. Uh, you're right. I agree with you. Um, Tampa Bay is just – they are the ultimate pass funnel defense because – for two reasons. One, they have the best running def- run, mm-hmm. run defense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And two, they have one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL. So both from a game script perspective and from a just uh, play against their against their weaknesses perspective, the way to go after that defense is to throw the ball against them. So mm-hmm. uh, I totally agree with you there. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of excited about uh, Devontae Parker, to be honest with you. I, I feel like with Will Fuller out, it really just – makes things so much clearer yeah. in that in that receiving group I you know because Miami is just that even whether it's Tua or Jacoby Brissett either way that offense is not going to support three wide receivers there's just no way it's going to happen but two mm-hmm. wide receivers yeah I can believe that and I think Parker is the number one guy I mean I think Waddle is a big play threat but I think Parker is that veteran that Jacoby Brissett probably trusts the most um, and I, I expect him to get a lot of targets. And uh, I'm with you on Gasicki as well. I mean, I just think there's not that many tight ends um, in the league that you can actually see having a 10-target game, and he's one of the few. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, for that reason, I think he absolutely is a top 10 uh, tight end option right now. And on the backfield, yeah, God. I mean, I, like I said on the waiver wire show, if somebody cuts Miles mm-hmm. Gaskin in my leagues, I'm scooping him up because mm-hmm. I just think he's – the, the dynamic playmaker in that backfield and you can never assume logical coaching um but the dolphins like if they want to actually win football games and right now they're one and three so they better start winning some football games it's probably not going to happen this week they're going to be one and four uh they're going to have to at some point um realize that malcolm brown is not the answer and they need to put their best players on the football field and miles gaskin is a much more dynamic player than malcolm brown so i expect at some point this season that they will come to their senses on that it might take a while it's frustrating uh, but i would i would hold on to gaskin because i still see the upside there yeah i i agree with that it's it's not really pretty but um 
he I don't I don't see any of these other running backs kind of taking over so it's he's got the most upside and probably the most um, I think volume to be had is is with um, Gaskin yeah but for this week definitely don't play any Dolphins oh yeah no 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 not this week yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right moving on Philadelphia at Carolina Uh, the Panthers are three and a half point favorites this is a pretty low scoring projected uh, game 45 point over under uh what do you see happening with this one? Is will McCaffrey be back in this one? The, the Matt Rule says he is quote unquote hopeful that McCaffrey okay. will return in this game. I also okay. am very hopeful that he will return because I think everyone's uh, hopeful that he is. Well, yeah. everyone that has him is hopeful. Everyone yes. that is true. facing against him is hopeful he <laughs> does not that's, come back. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if he comes back. You know, Sam Darnold, he has been playing uh, really well this season. This will be more of a challenging matchup, though, I think. But um, I, I think he could he could be up to it. But it's definitely uh, – it's I, he's not, like, a, I think, a yep. clear stream yeah. or anything this week. Philly's so. given up the eighth-fewest adjusted fantasy yeah. points to quarterbacks. Yeah, so I don't I And don't know. they've been much worse against, uh, against running backs. So, um, okay. You know, uh, okay. I mean, you don't you don't need to know to play McCaffrey if he's healthy, but no. uh, he could he could be back with a bang in this matchup potentially. Yeah, and I think you know I could see this actually being a little bit more of a high scoring uh, than what the over under is. Um, and if Darnold has to air it out, I mean, DJ Moore has just been incredible this season. I feel like no one's really talking about DJ Moore, but uh, he's been the wide receiver four on the season. I think that. Um, you know, you always are, are, are playing him. I've been down on Robbie Anderson, but we did see a Robbie Anderson sighting last week. He was targeted 11 times. You know, like you referenced, he, the, the uh, squeaky wheel, he got the target. So um, I think these two could have uh, good days. And, uh, you know, with Philly, uh, um, you know, Jalen Hurts is, is always a good fantasy quarterback. Um, it'll... I think it'll be interesting to see because if Carolina is able to stop their run, you know, the Eagles backfield, I feel right now is really shaky and unpredictable. And I wouldn't have confidence starting Miles Sanders in this one. Um, And I think that if, you know, they are able to stop the run, I think that Jalen Hurts will just kind of take the ball and he'll either run with it or he'll try and, you know, throw it to Devonta Smith essentially, or, or, uh, you know, one of their tight ends. But, um, I, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I see in this game. I don't know what I'm really looking for specifically, but that's, those are my points on that. I, yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't end yeah. with a more summing up thing there. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We'll, we'll let it, we'll let it pass. Um, yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts is locked in to me as a top 10 quarterback every single week at this point. Um, you know, you said no one's been talking about DJ Moore. I, I, I have been talking about him. You've been talking about him. Um, you know, he, I, I just tweeted out like uh, one player at each position who I think has moved into the top tier of fantasy mm-hmm. options at their position. Uh, and DJ Moore was my pick at wide receiver. Jalen Hurts was my pick at quarterback, uh, along with Austin Eckler and uh, Rob Gronkowski, who I hope will be healthy soon. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, DJ Moore is an every week wide receiver one at this point. Yes. Uh, regardless of matchup, you play him. I mean, he's been getting double digit targets every single week. Uh, he's got great touchdown potential. There's just nothing not to like there. Um, and and yeah, Jalen Hurts also pretty much matchup proof at this point. Um, you know, because he can he's going to add that rushing value every week, and mm-hmm. he's been actually throwing the ball incredibly well. 
um, this season as well. So, um, I, I, you know, I think these are two pretty decent defenses, so I understand why the over-under is uh, not so high in this game. But um, I just don't think it, you worry too much about matchups with guys like Christian McCaffrey, Jalen Hurts, DJ Moore. Those are just mm-hmm. those guys are just those always yeah. uh, going to put up their numbers uh, regardless. And with as far as that backfield in Philly, I mean, it's kind of a mess. I I worry that Miles Sanders is going to disappoint any time uh, Philadelphia is behind because uh, they just aren't using him as a uh, pass-catching back. I think Kenneth Gainwell is uh, the better bet to get touches when they are have negative game script, and they are the underdogs in this game. Um, so, yeah, I don't really like Miles Sanders at all this week. All right, moving on to Tennessee at Jacksonville. Uh, these are two teams that have uh, had their fair share of drama this season so far. Um, the Titans are four and a half point favorites with a 48 and a half over under. Um, you know, it sounds like A.J. Brown is going to be back this week. I don't know about Julio oh, Jones. Oh, I'm guessing, yeah, yeah, I think oh, he's, okay. I think he's trending towards being back. We'll see. It's not guaranteed, okay. but. If, if A.J. Brown is back, regardless of whether Julio Jones is, I like Ryan Tannehill in this game. I think this is a game where he can, you know, uh, get back into that QB1 conversation. Um, I mean, Jacksonville is just an atrociously bad defense. So, uh, you know, I think Tannehill's been very frustrating so far. But when you're missing your top two wide receivers, you know, I, I, I was telling everyone to set Tannehill last week. Um, but, you know... If, if A.J. Brown's back, that just makes a huge difference for Ryan Tannehill. And then Derrick Henry, I mean, what? Is, how many yards is he going to run for in this game? 200? 300? I, I mean, it's absurd. Like, he has 30 more carries than any other running back in the NFL so far this season. And I would be surprised if he doesn't get the ball 25 or 30 times in this one. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting because I, I mean, I hadn't heard the A.J. Brown news, but I was basically – Kind of my take on this game is that I, th- as usual, but I think more than usual this week, I, I you know, I think it's going to be a big Derrick Henry game, um, you know, simply because you know a lot of Tennessee uh, pass catchers are out, um, and I hope that this is a good game for for Ryan Tannehill. I, I'm kind of starting to have the lower P panic button on Tannehill, uh, so I hope that he's able to get back on track. But I don't know, I don't know. I see him running a lot in this game. Um, and I, I actually do like Jacksonville uh, in this one. I think this is a game. I think they'll win their first game. They're headed back home. I think that this is an exploitable defense for Trevor Lawrence, who played pretty well last week. Um, there's no DJ Shark. Um, and so I think that, you know, I, I don't know. I like Lawrence. I like Marvin Jones. I like LaVisca Chenault. And there's always James Robinson in the back. And I, I don't know. Overall, I like Jacksonville a lot in this one. And I... I feel like I'm more certain about them than what's like with Ryan Tannehill. The only player in Tennessee that I am like, yes, start this guy. And it's certain, no questions is Derrick Henry. And of course that's weekly, but um, yeah, I Hmm. just, I don't know. So you would play Trevor Lawrence mm -hmm. over Ryan Tannehill this week? Um, Yeah, actually I would. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I I would not. Uh, I I mean, I do. I agree with you that I, I, these are two bad defenses, two really bad defenses. So I expect a lot of points to be scored in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, it's not a bad week to start Jaguars if you have them on your roster. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, that's really about um, Marvin Jones and James Robinson. First and foremost, those are the two guys that I'm 
most excited about using mm-hmm. uh, in Jacksonville. I, you know, Chenault's arrow is certainly pointing up as well um, with DJ Chark out for the season. But, uh, you know, I still think Chenault is a little bit more of a PPR guy than a standard league guy. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think this is just going to be – I think both teams can put up nice numbers this week. So, um, you know, I, I just – I think Tannehill is just still a better fantasy quarterback than Trevor Lawrence at this point. He's probably point, a so. safer option, I guess. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I could I see mean, it, it, it Again, it depends if A.J. Brown plays. If A.J. Brown is out, then I'm, I, I don't want to start Tannehill. But uh, if A.J. Brown plays, I think Tannehill is a viable – um, I mean, I probably only have him in my top like 15 at quarterback, so it's not like I'm saying mm-hmm. you must play him, but um, but I think he's certainly a viable option this week if Brown is back. Uh, all right, see. moving moving yeah. on to Denver at Pittsburgh. <laughs> this is going to be so low scoring, <laughs> Lauren. I, I mean, is uh, anyone good? <laughs> is this going to be like 10 to nine or something? Uh, <laughs> like it's gonna it's gonna be a baseball scoring game. Yeah, right? Um, yeah. It's the Rockies versus the Pirates. Uh, <laughs> the the over-under is 39 and a half, and I Crazy. actually think that yeah. might be optimistic. Uh, and yeah. that's like one of the lowest ones we've seen all season. Yeah. Um, it should be a close game. Um, I think so. If, if Teddy Bridgewater is out, I mean, the, it's going to be just such <laughs> bad quarterback play. I mean, just, Ben Roethlisberger just looks totally washed. Uh, Drew Locke was never good to begin with. Um I mean, Najee Harris is like an every week RB one, just purely based on volume. volume. I mean, yeah. uh, especially as a receiver, actually, because mm-hmm. the um, the Steelers are last in the NFL in rushing, and we knew their offensive line was a problem heading into the season. It's been as bad as advertised. That. That's a little surprising. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last in the league by a lot, actually. So, um, yeah, I mean, Najee Harris is getting it done purely based on volume and especially passing game targets. Uh, I don't really see any reason that's going to that's gonna stop. I mean, uh, Roethlisberger has no ability to throw the ball down the field at this point. It's all short passes. Uh, no running game, no deep ball. That means peppering Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris with uh, targets, of, you know, five to ten yards down the field. Maybe Juju as well if he's uh, healthy enough to go. Um, not that I want to start him. I mean, Denver's an excellent defense. Pittsburgh is still a pretty good defense. They're not as good as uh, they used to be, I would say, but they're still mm-hmm. not a appealing matchup. So uh, I'm struggling to find anybody in this game that I'm uh, very excited to play other than other than Harris. And uh, I think Deontay Johnson is kind of like an every week wide receiver too at this point. But mm-hmm. on the Denver side, I'm just, I don't know. If Drew Locke is starting, I'm, I'm hesitant to play anyone on that team. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you on this. Um, I don't maybe maybe Noah Fant, um, but that's, yeah, I mean, tight know. end is such a wasteland that it's kind of like if yeah. you have Noah Fant and you you're probably not picking up uh, you know Max Williams and starting him over no. him, so you just you take your chances, I guess, at that point. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely there's no one exciting here. I think that you're right, you know, with with Harris and it's because uh, he's a volume play because that's you know and uh you know Gordon and Javante Williams tend to be kind of uh, canceling each other out a little bit and this a is lot, again yeah. this is a very low scoring game I would be looking elsewhere if I could um and wouldn't be thrilled to be putting in any Broncos or Steelers uh, this yeah week. I mean if, if Teddy Bridgewater could get cleared then I think Sutton is back in that 
you know, borderline mm-hmm. wide receiver two, wide receiver three range. Um, but if if it's Drew Locke, I think I would want to sit Sutton if possible. Yeah, agreed. All right, Detroit at Minnesota. Uh, mm-hmm. Vikings heavy favorites, nine and a half points, 49 point over under, so that's pretty healthy. I mean, this should be, you know, the Vikings really struggled offensively last week against the Browns, but I think that Browns defense is for real. Um, so we shouldn't overreact to that. Uh, I think they should be able to get back on track against Detroit in a big way. So I think Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback play this week. Uh, I'm a little worried about Dalvin Cook, though. I mean, he does not sound healthy, uh, and, but they're going to play him anyway. He's going to play through his ankle injury. Um, what that means for fantasy is hard to say. I mean, this is a very difficult thing to get a read on because it's a, it's one of the best players in fantasy in one of the best matchups he could have. I mean, any other time you, you are firing up Dalvin Cook against Detroit and you are very excited about it. But this week, I still I can't take him out of my top 10 running backs. But, you know, there's a number of running backs I would rather play uh, than Dalvin Cook just because of the injury concerns. Like, give me Aaron Jones or Ezekiel Elliott or Austin Eckler over Dalvin Cook this week. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate because it's just like this is the week that that you want to play him and that if it was 100% and he's healthy, you know, he would go off, um, you know. And I don't, you know, it, it's also risky too because I think that, you know, say Minnesota gets up to a decent lead and they just don't want to um, – Risk it, yeah. Yeah, play him. So you just throw Madison out there because um, that could very yeah, well I mean, happen you as don't, well. They don't so. lose much when they use Madison. No. So it's that would be yeah. smart to just – I mean, we haven't really seen um, in the past the Vikings split up the carries between the two um, mm-hmm. very much, but we did last week a little bit. So uh, we could very well see that again this week. We could very well see more of a 50-50 split uh, between Cook and Madison. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and I guess on the other side of the ball, too, I mean, do you like Swift in this game? I know you really liked him last week. Yeah, so I know uh, there were a lot of um, people on Twitter uh, who were very distraught about uh, DeAndre Swift's lack of uh, touches last week mm-hmm. um, because Dan Campbell had said during the week that uh, we were going to be seeing a lot more of DeAndre Swift going forward. And as a literal matter, that was true because DeAndre Swift played a season-high number of snaps last week. He got over 70% of the snaps uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Touches-wise, though, Jamal Williams touched the ball more than Swift did. So, uh, you know, I still think it's going to come down a little bit to game script um, with DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, he's probably – it's probably a little premature to be, like, locking him in as an every-week top 10 running back or something like that. Because mm-hmm. um, I do think he's going to have weeks where he finishes, like – as the number one running back. And he's going to have other weeks like last week that are a little bit frustrating. Um, but I do like this matchup for him. I mean, Minnesota's a bad defense, but they're also a, a very good offense. And um, with uh, the Lions as nine and a half point underdogs in this game, you have to think that uh, they're going to be in, you know, comeback mode in the second half of this yeah. game. And that means it's DeAndre Swift time. So uh, this week, I really do think. Uh, he's a very strong play. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. And I will also point out in terms of uh, wide receivers in this game, uh, Minnesota, I mean, jo- Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are both 
excellent, excellent plays this week. Uh, you know, I think Jefferson is a top five wide receiver and Thielen's a top 15 guy this week. So uh, I'd be very excited to play either of them. Uh, in terms of other Detroit pass catchers, I, I don't know. I mean, Hawkinson, of course, you're always playing and he's always a good option. Uh, but the receiving core is still a little TBD. I mean, I like Quintez Sivas, um, but he's really just kind of a deeper league option as a flex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like um, between him and – is it Khalif Raymond? Is that the other – Yeah, he's been putting up some surprising but, numbers so far. I, I feel like it's kind of one or the other. It's, it's, I think with that kind of Detroit passing game, you just you just don't know outside of, of, of Hawkinson – uh, who, where, where the ball is going to go. So it's a pretty risky play, I think, with either of those guys, though. Yeah, I will say I do think Jared Goff has actually gotten to the point where he's underrated in fantasy, though. Uh, mm-hmm. He's currently the QB 16 on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really see any reason that he's going to stop throwing the ball because their defense is really bad. Um, mm-hmm. And they're just constantly going to be in these shootout games. Um and Jerry Goff is, you know, he's not he's not a special talent, but uh, he's good enough <laughs> that he can put up some numbers. You know what I mean? It's con- he's got a little bit of like that Taylor Heineke kind of uh, YOLO ball vibe going mm-hmm. right now. And it's turning into fantasy points. Yeah. And I mean, he has been in the past couple games uh, throwing it more to his wide receivers. It's just, uh, again, I think for fantasy purposes, uh, it, it hasn't it's still unclear as to who, as to, you know, who that go you know i think it's it, it gets split a lot and so there's not kind of one receiver that is always benefiting from that i agree i just for me it's like in terms of quarterbacks like if you play in a super flex league or something like that like i would start jared goff over trevor lawrence yeah i could see that yeah mic drop <laughs> uh all right <laughs> let's let's move on green bay at cincinnati mm-hmm. um this game has a high over under 51 and a half. Uh, the Packers are favored by three. I, I mean, you know, we have this question mark with the uh, Joe Mixon situation. Yes. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to think about this because um, it was reported that he was week to week. Um, and then uh, Zach Taylor comes out and says, no, he's more day to day. But Zach Taylor, you know, we can't really trust because last year he said, that um, he actually the same exact thing happened. I looked. I went back and looked at it. The same exact thing happened when Joe Mixon got injured last year. Uh, it was initially reported that he was week to week, and then Zach Taylor said, "No, he's more day to day," and he ended up missing the rest of the season, um, ten games. Uh, now, granted, this year they're a contender, so I do think they're going to try to get Mixon back as quickly as they can. But I feel like Taylor has a track record of downplaying injuries at this point. So um, I still kind of feel like we might see Samaj P. Ryan and Chris Evans this week rather than Mixon. Um, if so, I mean, do you like P. Ryan maybe as an as a RB2? I don't know. I feel like this game is, is going to be a shootout. And I think that because of that backfield, uh, we don't kind of know. It's not clear with Mixon. I think that they may lean more towards – towards the era and you know joe burrow looked really great last week um and jair alexander is probably going to be out for green bay so yes and so i i kind i like burrow this week and uh the pass catchers you know jamar chase i think t T higgins looks like he'll be back this week boyd's always a consistent volume guy um i don't know i feel like that they'll be looking to the air more in this one um so i wouldn't be super confident about uh 
P Ryan in this one. What what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like running backs are hard to come by. So if uh, you if you if you did win your fab bidding for P Ryan, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think he's okay to slot in as an RB two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think let me see where I have him this week. I have him at RB twenty four, so kind of like okay, so right just, on, right on that borderline as an RB two, yeah. RB three is mm-hmm. what I would look at there. Um, and I agree with you about the passing game, though. I think it's a I think this is a good week for uh, for the Bengals passing game uh, with Higgins back. Um, definitely, Joe Burrow is a viable uh, streamer in single quarterback leagues uh, this week. Um, and Jamar Chase has been excellent. I think he should still be a strong play even with Higgins back in the fold. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Green Bay side, you know, I, I'm really the, we we already know like Devontae Adams is amazing and Aaron Jones is amazing. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with that secondary receiver situation Cobb, in Green yeah. Bay because I yeah my hunch is that Randall Cobb is going to continue to fill that role, but you know. It's kind of like it's hard to say because Robert Tunyon has uh, he did get seven targets last week, so maybe he uh, trends up with um, with uh, MVS on injured reserve. They need somebody to step up. Last week it was Cobb. Uh, we'll see if it continues to be Cobb or if it's Lazard or Tunyon. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting to watch. But as of right now, I I sort of feel like this could be the Randall Cobb show for the next few weeks here. Yeah, I mean, I think if I had to place a bet, I would put, a, I would place one on Cobb over Tunyon. I'm really low on Tunyon uh, this season and and this this week. I, there's just not a lot of like volume there, you know. Outside of I think he had a uh, 152 uh, yard one touchdown game, and outside yeah. of that, uh, he hasn't even gotten into he, double he, digit he's yards. Got, no, yeah. he's I think he's got like eight yards, you know, yeah. in the previous three games. So. I just don't, and and they've been mixing in um, with is it Mercedes Mercedes Lewis a little bit. Yep, I yep. I just don't have any confidence in Robert Tanyan as of this point in the season. And uh, if I had to, like I said, place a bet, it'd be more on um, Cobb getting more action. And if he does, then that's even worse news for for Tanyan. Yeah, forward. I mean, yeah. even last year when Tanyan was a really strong fantasy play, it was all mm-hmm. very much about touchdowns for him. It was right. I mean, he had he had less than six hundred receiving yards last season. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he had eleven touchdowns, and maybe, uh, you know, but but once you get to that like touchdown or bust category of tight ends, then there's a lot of names there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think there was some hope that this season he would get a little bit more volume, and it does not seem like that is happening yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, the Saints and the Washington football team. Uh, this is uh, a pretty low over under 44 points. Um, that must be mostly because the Saints are involved in this game because uh, the Washington football team uh, can score some points and their defense is really bad. So uh, they're a team that might be in their fair share of shootouts this season, but uh, the Saints seem to always uh, bring everybody down uh, this year. I mean, every game they play, is this slog it out kind of situation, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still waiting for things to normalize a little bit there, but at this point, you know, it's, I think we have to kind of accept that uh, they're just going to be a a bit of a frustrating team fantasy wise. I mean, even Alvin Kamara uh, has uh, moved down my rankings a little bit this season because um, they're using him more like a rusher this season, like a pure rusher than a receiver, uh, which is just weird. I mean, um, he, 
you know, he uh, he's getting fewer tar- many fewer targets than he did last season. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of reduces his upside a little bit. Um, I mean, he's still a top 10 fantasy back, but like I would definitely take Austin Eckler over Alvin Kamara at this point uh, in the season. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I, you know, this to me is kind of a Winston slash New Orleans Saints test for me, like in this, this game, you know, because I've, I've, I still don't trust Winston, you know, um, he hasn't thrown, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't attempted more than 23, uh, you know, pass attempts so far this season. It's just this low pass volume uh, of this offense that just uh, kind of spooks me a little bit, but, you know, in terms of streaming, if there is a game that, you know, Winston and the Saints, you know, become less conservative uh, in in the passing game, this would be it. You know, mm-hmm. the uh, Washington football team is just like giving away fantasy points um, in the air and on the ground. So it's just a matter of, I guess, how, how they uh, want to attack uh, the football team this week. But if, if, like I said, if there's a week where, where Winston st- – he goes back to that gunslinging Winston, um, then this would be it. But I think that if we see more of a conservative game plan from the Saints, I, I you have to be kind of all out on the Saints after after this game. Then I like yeah. I'm going to be yeah. Know? I mean yeah. I I you know I tweeted last week that I think the Saints would be better off if they're going to play this style of football. They should just make Taysom Hill their quarterback because mm-hmm. uh, you know they're not letting Jameis Winston do what Jameis Winston um, excels at, which is throwing the ball down the field, you know? And maybe you could say they don't have the receivers to do that. I mean, maybe once Michael Thomas is back, uh, they can become a little bit more what we typically expect from the Saints. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm uh, Maybe uh, it seems like Sean Payton just, I mean, there. you know, it seems like he just kind of wants to grind out wins this season. And if that's the case, Taysom Hill, I mean – if they're going to be a run-heavy team, Taysom Hill uh, is a harder quarterback to defend. Uh, he'll open up more running lanes for Kamara, and uh, I just I, I think that 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 might be where they eventually land. But in the meantime, it's really hard to trust Winston even in a plus matchup because uh, Hill, you know, stole two touchdowns last week, and uh, he's playing a fair amount. So you know, Winston is not. Um, especially near the goal line, he he might get subbed out for Hill in those situations, and that's yeah. a real killer for fantasy. I agree. Yeah, it's it's like I said, this is this is like a prime opportunity for this this team and Winston to. I don't know. Yeah, just, and I'd like to see Marquez yeah. Callaway um, get some yeah, more targets. Yeah. I mean, he's actually been good the last couple of weeks, but it's been on very little like volume. Two and three I targets. Mean, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like he has to convert these huge plays to pay off right now so i know we'll see yeah yeah i mean he's at best a wide receiver three with the volume he's getting right now yeah and then i guess like on the other oh uh yeah go ahead oh i was just gonna say on the you know on the other side of the of the ball is curtis samuel is he going to be back this week yeah no he came back last week so he's yeah he's back now wait he Um, oh yeah i knew that that yep (laughs) yeah they're working him in still though he he didn't play a full complement of snaps last week so Mm -hmm. I expect him to be closer to a full-time player this week. Um, you know, Diami Brown, I think, is pretty much out of the picture at this point. Um, so it's it's mostly the – I love Terry McLaurin, though, in this matchup. Uh, you know, the Saints we think of as a good defense, um, but they haven't actually been 
so so tough this year. They've actually given up, um, in you know, their top bottom ten uh, in terms of fantasy points allowed to wide receivers so far this season. So I think Terry McLaurin is a slam dunk uh, top ten play, maybe even a top five option uh, this week. Yeah, I like him, and I, I think especially with you know Logan Thomas hitting the IR, um, you will. I think you'll definitely see more upticks. Uh, in volume with with both McLaurin and uh, Curtis Samuel. Yep, and then you know Antonio Gibson has just had all these nicks and mm-hmm. bruises. Um, nothing that seems too serious, but um, I don't know. I it, maybe that's just another reason that they're not fully featuring him as uh, their lead back. But uh, you know, uh, I do think JD McKissick just continues to uh, be a little bit of a thorn in his side. He has been. It's just. It is unpredictable, a little unpredictable, though, from from fantasy perspective. But yeah, but uh, you know, Gibson is still a very good fantasy play every yes. time he's healthy. So people, yeah. you just you need to lower your expectations a little bit. I mean, I, he got like Christian McCaffrey comps in the preseason, and I think people got unrealistic expectations about what Antonio Gibson was going to be this year. It's a pretty but is high that like, comp. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, he's not being used anywhere close to that. You'd have to combine McKissick and him to get McCaffrey. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it's more sort of uh, low-end running back one uh, kind of production. Uh, I think he can still do that. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we'll see how, how that plays out, I guess. Yeah. All right, Chicago at the Raiders. The uh, Raiders. The Raiders are five-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, 44-and-a-half <laughs> over-under. The Justin Fields era is it officially begins. here. Matt yeah. Nagy finally uh, accepted reality <laughs> and mm-hmm. declared that Fields will be the starter for the rest of the season. So uh, if you were holding on to Andy Dalton in that super flex league, you can you can give up the dream now. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm still I'm still optimistic about Justin Fields. Uh, his fantasy production last week was lacking, but he p- actually played very well. If you watch that game, I mean, he was confident throwing the ball down the field. They just need to start to give him the opportunity to run with the ball a little bit as well. Um, so I'm hoping now that they have committed to him as their quarterback that they actually begin to uh, de- design the offense for him a little bit, um, which they should do. I mean, early in the year when Dalton was starting. Uh, when F- Fields actually came on the field uh, for some plays, and those were designed plays to play to Justin Fields' strength. Uh, so they just need to dial up more of those kind of plays, uh, you know, run pass options, things like that. Um, let Fields improvise. Let him get uh, get outside the pocket and make plays down the field and run the ball himself. Uh, I think that that's ultimately where this is going. And if it does go that direction, I do still think, Justin Fields has the potential to, to uh, become that every week quarterback one. Uh, for this week, though, the Raiders' defense has been uh, pretty good this season. I, yeah. I, you know, I have I, I have Fields as my QB eighteen this week. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go any higher than that until uh, we see if Matt Nagy is actually uh, dialing up some some uh, favorable uh, schemes for Fields. Well, yeah, I think you're exactly right, and I think that's what it comes down to is this. Uh, how this offense will be designed from this point forward. You know, uh, this will be a challenging game, but, um, you know, hopefully kind of looking down the road here with the Chicago Bears, um, you know, maybe this will help 
Allen Robinson. You know, right now, <clears throat> you know, I have more confidence in Darnell Mooney than I do Allen Robinson, um, which I didn't really think that I would say, but um, I don't know. That's just how this season I feel has gone. Um, and I, I'm not fully out on Allen Robinson. I don't think you can, but I just, at this point, um, it's, he hasn't, he just hasn't, hasn't shown up really well outside of, I think maybe one game. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's a situation where um, you obviously can't be as confident starting Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. uh, but I would, I'd be happy to buy low on him. If, if the person that has him in your league is frustrated with him, uh, I do think this arrow is pointing up for this offense with Justin Fields and uh, Allen Robinson is just a really good football player. So I I have to think at a certain point uh, he starts to get it together. It might be more wide receiver two kind of numbers. Um, Mm -hmm. We we may not get that wide receiver one upside this season, but um, I still think you can get him maybe for even cheaper than that right now. Yeah. And I think I definitely agree with the buy low. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if he turned around and just, you know, played lights out. You know, we've talked about this before where he's, his whole career has been, you know, he's been great. He's been able to weather poor quarterback play. So it just, again, goes back to this kind of offensive design and what they do with, you know, now that Justin Fields is officially uh, the guy under center and how they're going to treat that and how they're going to design those plays. This is such an intriguing team this week. I mean, because we Mm -hmm. also have Damian Williams uh, making his debut as the lead back uh, in Chicago with uh, David Montgomery sideline for four to five weeks, probably through the team's bye in week 10, I believe it is. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I think Damian Williams is a is a bona fide uh, RB2 as long as. Uh, he sounds like he's going to be full go. I mean, he did suffer a quad injury last week, but I think it's just a bruise. So uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to limit him at all this week. Uh, we may see a little of rookie Khalil Herbert, but for the most part, I think um, Damian Williams is a capable pass catcher and rusher. Uh, he can play on all three downs. Um, so I really like uh, him as sort of a plug and play option, uh, even against a, a pretty formidable defense. Yeah, I agree. I, I like that too. Yeah. And then what about the Raiders? I mean, I you know, I, I was telling people, <laughs> don't go crazy about Derek Carr. I mean, it, he is what he is. You know what I mean? Like, I just think people were – it's like people were so down on him before. And now they're like – and then coming into last week, they're so high on him. It's like – it does. is he really a different player than he's always been? No, he's not. I mean, their game scripts uh, happen to play in a way where – you know, they were down in, in late in games and they went to overtime twice. I mean, he put up these huge passing numbers three weeks in a row, but that didn't, to me, didn't change who I think Derek Carr is as a player. And last week was, you know, the flip side. They were playing against a phenomenal defense. The Chargers are one of the, maybe the toughest matchup for quarterbacks in the league. So I'm not like all out on him after last week either, but let's just accept him for what he is. He is a mid-range quarterback too, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that he's changed, like, and that he's a better quarterback. My whole stance is that I just think that they have, whether it's they find themselves in these situations or they are designing them, they are just, he's throwing the ball more. You know, he, he does, he leads the league in passing yards. So it's just like, that's what's, that's the, just isn't that just like a, a fluke of game script? I mean, they have a good defense. Like, I don't think they're going to be necessarily in shootouts every single week. Like, this game doesn't look like it's going to be a shootout, does it? 
No, I don't think that this will be a shootout, but but I think that's the point. It's not always game script. I think that they are. I mean, I think that they're they're planning this. I think that they are making a concerted effort to to throw the ball more and further down the field. That's just not just because of how that because of game script. Um, mm, I don't know. I'm, I don't buy so, it. I, I, I think mean, that I they. Don't, I think John Gruden still wants to give the ball to Josh Jacobs twenty twenty five times a game. That's what he wants to do. Uh, he wanted to give the ball to Peyton Barber twenty three times. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. I think that John Gruden's an old school football coach. He wants to if if they're in control of the game, if they're leading, if if they're in a favorable situation, they're going to run the ball down your throat. That's that's exactly what John Gruden wants to do, uh, and I think he'll be able to do that. Um, in this game, so I, you know, I, I don't buy this idea that the Raiders are suddenly like um, the Rams or something like that. I don't think so. No, I don't think that they're like the Rams. I just think that there is an uptick in in their passing volume. That's all. And okay, um, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, well, we we will see. Um, hmm. Did you hear Peyton Barber's got some turf toe? So I know um, he's out. He's on IR actually. Yeah. Oh, is he on IR now? Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. But so, you know, I think Jacobs is back in that low-end mm-hmm. RB2 kind of category yeah. at this point. Um, and then I do think – oh, uh-huh. Oh, Go the ahead. pass catcher is there. I mean, I, it's it's the Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro show, don't you think? Oh, yeah. That, the, that's it. Yeah, that's the only that's the only way you should be looking at, at the radar at the Raiders and the uh, pass catchers. Um, I was going to say, I, I am – I am kind of befuddled that they don't use Kenyon Drake more. You know, they they brought him on, they gave him a big contract, but he's just to me I feel like his arrows have been down this season. Would, oh yeah. Do you agree totally. With that? I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they just see him in I mean, they they basically just are using him in this incredibly limited role. It's like a poor man's JD McKissick basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's an odd use of 11 million dollars to yeah. to uh spend. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they would have to, you'd have to have Josh Jacobs and Peyton Barber injured for Kenyon Drake to get any meaningful, uh, rushing, uh, opportunities there. Um, I and, had high hopes know, for him. In the, in I know the- well, I had high ups for Brian Edwards and we saw how that <laughs> went too. So I, the yeah. Raiders are, they're like the dolphins. I just, they're frustrating to me. They don't seem to like to play the right players anyway. Yeah. Let's move on to yeah. the Browns and the Chargers. This is, should be a really good real-life matchup. I, I, I'm very intrigued to see which of these teams is better because they're both 3-1. and one. Uh, I think they're both Super Bowl contenders, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, two franchises that have a lot of history of disappointment, but uh, they're, they're both kind of flying high right now. Um, you know, the Browns had to grind out an ugly win last week, and Baker Mayfield... Uh, actually, it came out he tore uh, his labrum the week before against Houston. Um, but he's saying that hasn't really affected his play, and it shouldn't affect his play. Um, missing open receivers is was his problem last week, and he still just doesn't really seem to be on the same page with Odell Beckham for whatever reason. I you know I I don't know if Mayfield sort of has like pressure. Like I feel like he feels pressure when when. Beckham is healthy and on the field to get him the ball. And and I just think Mayfield seems to be better when he's operating with a faceless cast of (laughs) receivers and tight ends, (laughs) and he can kind of spread the ball around as he chooses. You know, I think when he feels this obligation to get the ball to a guy, it doesn't work very well. So that's the one concern. And as I mentioned before, the Chargers secondary is elite. So uh, I'm, you know, as much as I love Odell Beckham, um, he's he's around wide receiver 30 for me this week. The same. Yeah. And I would say the same thing. I mean, it's funny. You look at these two teams that are both three and one, but they've they've gotten to this point uh, 
in completely different ways, you know, where um, you you have the Chargers um, and Herbert, you know, airing it, airing it out and uh, going through his wide receivers oftentimes. And uh, with Cleveland, you know, Baker Mayfield is uh, a quarter, like a super flexed quarterback, you know, I think at best this season, you know, it's, they've gotten all of their production mostly has come through their run game. They have such a strong run game and, you know, between Chubb and Hunt, um, yeah, I think they've combined for like six rushing touchdowns this season. That's how they are, um, you know, producing. And it's it's interesting to see. It's all, um, yeah, it's the way you attack the Chargers too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how this game kind of goes down. Um, but yeah, it's it's these are both top teams that have gotten there in very different ways. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I and I wonder. I mean, Kareem Hunt is so good. It's like mm-hmm. I still I feel like he is always going to be underrated simply because. Uh, he is the the quote unquote backup running back in Cleveland, but it doesn't matter. I mean, mm-hmm. Chubb and Hunt are both top fifteen running backs, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable how efficient this running game is, and that takes a lot of the pressure off of Mayfield. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I also think both of these defenses are very good. I mean, the Charger strength is in the secondary. With Cleveland, it's all about that pass rush. I mean, I think that they may have the best. Uh, pass rush in the entire NFL mm-hmm. um so I you know Justin Herbert it's not the it's not the greatest matchup for him I think he's gonna mm-hmm. be having a you know be escaping pressure a lot in this game so we may see a lot of dump offs to Eckler because uh just uh, you know this could be another week where he doesn't have a lot of time to look uh deep down the field to Mike Williams uh mm-hmm. in this contest and also, you know, I know that we are big uh, Jared Cook fans here, and he scored last week. He actually had uh, two touchdowns in um, a touchdown in each of the previous weeks, but that were uh, taken uh, reversed because of, of penalties. Mm-hmm. So technically, he's kind of had these these touchdowns. Uh, it just doesn't look like he well he has it. Technically, he got them, but they were taken back. But um, he is getting thrown to. He is a red zone target, and if. Uh, you know, we're talking about some dump off passes. Uh, he could be uh, the beneficiary of that this week. Yeah, I mean, he's just—he's just always underrated. I, I, mm-hmm. He's—he's in that borderline tight end one mix every week, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. All right, NFC East battle: the Giants and yeah. the Cowboys in uh-huh. Dallas. Cowboys <laughs> favored by seven. High over under fifty two points. It is. Um, you know, I there's a lot of interesting uh, fantasy options in this game, right? Mm-hmm. Are you? Are you going to the Daniel Jones well again this week? I am. I am yeah. going back, my friend. I am I am all in on everyone on both sides of these teams. I think that this mm-hmm. is going to be a shootout, but I also like Barkley. I also like Ezekiel Elliott in this one. Um, I like the quarterbacks. I like the receivers. Andrew, well, what about I the like Giants receivers? What, you like Galladay? Oh, well, yeah, I still think um, – you know, that's true. I didn't really zero in on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kadarius um, Tony. <laughs> he well, so where where are we right now in terms of uh, Sterling Shepard and uh, Slayton? Are they still out? Do you know? I, they're trending towards missing. They missed. They're practice, trending towards uh, missing. Okay. Wednesday, I believe. So uh, maybe. I mean, it depends. You know, if they get in practice today, then the narrative could change right away. But as of right now, it looks like they're probably not going to play. Okay. Well, then, yeah, I think that you still have to kind of keep in mind Kadarius Tony and, um, 
Galladay, but I, I guess I don't really super love them. So I'm going to take my big love fest back, dial it back a little bit with the, with <laughs> the, uh, with the Giants receivers there. Well, does that? How does that affect Jones then? I mean, do you just think he's going to run the ball himself enough that he's still a viable fantasy option? Yes, he's a magnificent quarterback, and I think that he's got that sneaky mobility, and it, he'll he'll take it upon himself and just run, or maybe he'll throw it to Evan Engram. Oh, God, I was going to ask you: Do we have to like? Do we have to consider rostering Evan Engram again? I think I think he had like six or seven targets last week. You know, he he's tends to drop balls, but. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're really thin on pass catchers, they have to go somewhere, you know. Um, yeah, I unless mean, unless they just dump it off with Barkley, you know. Yeah, which actually I think they could do. I want to take a brief pause here to just really <laughs> rant for a second about this whole conversation about drops. It's like there's the fantasy community is always like the narrative is drops don't matter, drops don't matter, and it's like okay, fine, they don't matter in terms of usage, like. A guy isn't likely to get benched because of his drops. Like he's if he's getting targets, if he's getting snaps, he's probably going to continue to get them. They're not like fumbles in that sense, mm-hmm. um, but they do matter. Those are yards and touchdowns that you're not getting because you're dropping the football. And Evan Ingram mm-hmm. has always dropped the football. Like you said, mm-hmm. he's an incredibly inefficient player, and it's like I feel like we talk ourselves into this guy over and over again just because of the opportunity. But at a certain point, if they never take advantage of the opportunity, maybe they're just not a good football player. You know, <laughs> like he's not yeah, a good football true. player. I, oh yes, listen. I don't. I'm not going to get into defending Evan Engram at all by any means. And I. Think oh, I wasn't. I, think, I wasn't debating you on this. It was more just like the the you know just the the uh, gymnast the mental gymnastics that fa- the fantasy mm-hmm. world gets into to try to you know get excited about Evan Ingram. Yeah. It happens every single year and it always ends in disappointment. I, it does. But the thing though, it's like also though with Evan Engram this year though, is that I, like I said, you know, you know, Kyle Rudolph, it's like, I've gone a while without saying his name, but he hasn't been able to step up and they're not really targeting him. And um, so you do, as ugly as it may be, you do have to kind of look at Engram. Um, but yes, he does have drop issues. I think his drop, I don't know, I'm going to look this up, but I feel like last season it was like he had like one touchdown and 11 drops or something really <laughs> crazy like that. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, it was like this, this insane stat. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Like, what do you think about then, say, like Kadarius Tony? Or is there anyone, you're probably not excited about any of these Giants receivers, but, you know, we're... I'm, where I'm have you moderately ran- excited about Galladay. If, if Shepard uh-huh. and Slayton are out... Yeah. Um, I think Galladay, you know, is a pretty decent option. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, he had a good mm-hmm. career with Detroit, and he had a good game last week, and uh, they just don't have a lot of places to go with the football, and that Dallas defense is better than it was last year, but it's still um, – it's not a world-beating defense. So yeah. I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind Galladay as like a, um, you know, wide receiver three, maybe even a, a low-end wide receiver two. Yeah. Are you um, higher I, on with, Barkley this week than you have been in the past? Yeah, I mean, he's. I love the role. I mean, he's very much back to uh, that bell cow usage that you love to mm-hmm. see. I still have some questions about the Giants' offense as a whole, though. I mean, I still expect to be a little b- below consensus on Barkley most weeks just because I don't think the Giants are going to score that many points this season. So, you know, I think that and, – and, and, like, they're not, they're not a team that's going to be able to really – 
establish the run, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. I think Barkley is, you're looking at maybe like 10 to 15 carries per week right now for him and uh, maybe 50 yards or something like that. And it's, it comes down to like, is he going to make those big plays? And it could be right. in the running game. It could be in the passing game. And certainly he's capable of doing it. I just think, um, you know, he's back in that RB1 conversation. Don't get me wrong. But I just think uh, I don't really see like top five kind of upside with Barkley in this particular offense. Yeah. Uh, I will also just ask you real quick on the Dallas side of things. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the passing volume has been way down. Um with uh, Dak Prescott and it's it's uh, it's sort of similar to what's been happening with the Saints a lot of it is like game flow dependent um mm-hmm. but um do you I mean do you think that this this team is sort of cuz last year it was like they didn't run the ball that much and it was all passing um at least early in the year with Prescott you know it was uh they were just their defense was so bad last year they were constantly getting into these shootouts and maybe this year the defense has improved enough that uh, and and Elliot and Tony Pollard are mm-hmm. playing so well that maybe they don't maybe Dak Prescott isn't going to be throwing 35 40 times every game. Yeah. Um I yeah, and I think it's probably a combo of with, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard, you know, it's like you don't have opposing defense, it's just stacking the box where you just have to have to be throwing, you know, and um <clears throat> but I still think that there is enough I think the the offense is still strong enough that you can you should be buying into their their receivers, you know. Um I yeah. don't um so I don't in turn like I don't have a concern about uh kind of I guess if there's less volume, I still think that there is enough potency there if you will that I think that uh it, at the end of the day, it'll be okay. Like, you, you yeah, know. I mean, there's people freaking out right now about CD Lamb because he's had like two quiet games in a row. No. I, you know, I think, uh, I think that Lamb and Cooper are both like, you know, in that kind of borderline wide receiver one, but maybe more like high end wide receiver two kind of range week to week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, still I can pretty, see that. Pretty I also, useful though. Yeah, I, I I also do think that, you know, it's like people, I think we're very, you know, we're talking about kind of um, with Antonio Gibson, like these these high comps, you know, with uh, McCaffrey. I think this this offseason, people were super, super high on CeeDee Lamb. Um, and so maybe I think what he's 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 been producing, I think, is, is I think it's, it's totally fine. And I, I, I wonder if it's just more, was it kind of Perception. expectation yeah. yeah, versus just kind of... Um, kind of what we're seeing now you know yeah and it's just like good. i mean it's just a moment in time he's had two slow yeah. games in a row that happened almost every wide receiver will have two slow games in a row i mean tyree kill mm-hmm. had two slow games in a row and then look what he did last week you know so right. like yeah. people people tend to overreact about these things yeah all right let's move on to san francisco at arizona uh this should be a fun game uh you know we got trey lance looking like he's going to make his first career start uh against arizona um do you, I mean, do you think Trey Lance is a viable QB one this week? Um, are you firing up the Arizona defense against the rookie? What, where, where are you on this one? Yeah, I am. I'm kind of, um, I'm on the firing up the Arizona defense. I think that, uh, you know, Lance does have, you know, sky high potential. And we've talked about it. He's got that, that rushing floor. And he was able to pull off what, like, 2021 20, fantasy points last week in in just one uh, half of a game, um, but he also did look a little unsettled. I think at certain points, and I think that I don't think he's fully 
ready to be out there. Um, but this is just kind of where he finds himself with with Garoppolo's injury, uh, perhaps this week. But I don't I don't think like Shanahan's excited to to be putting him out here if if Doesn't he does seem play. Like it. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm firing up uh, the the Arizona defense and trying to to rattle him and make him make mistakes uh, in this game. And I think that that is a total like possibility. Uh, this yeah, week. I mean, but what I kind of feel like the answer could be yes to both. I mean, like mm-hmm. just uh, Trey Lance is going to run the ball. I mean. You know, all the things I said about Matt Nagy and Justin Fields and it being frustrating that they weren't designing an offense to play to his strengths, that doesn't apply in San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan will always put his players in a position to be successful. And we saw that um, the minute that Trey Lance came into the game last week. Uh, They ran a different offense with him than they did with Jimmy Garoppolo. They, you know, and that's why uh, Trey Lance was able to put up good fantasy numbers. Um, even while looking not so great, you know, um, I mean, he also got incredibly fortunate with, uh, a wide open Debo Samuel blown coverage touchdown. Um, but you know, the rushing production is going to be there for Trey Lance. So for that reason alone, I think he's on that, you know, we've just seen this time and again with Jalen Hurts and with Taysom Hill, uh, these running quarterbacks, uh, even if they don't play that well, throwing the ball, they still end up putting up good fantasy numbers just because of their rushing production. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think he's a viable QB one, but I also think the Cardinals defense is a top five defense. I would expect them to, for- they might be able to force a few turnovers in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, San Francisco's running game is also very interesting this week. I mean, it, I think Elijah Mitchell's going to return. It's not certain so. yet, yeah. but if he does, you know, Trey Sermon played better last week um, than he had, before so I still expect Mitchell to be the lead back because I think he fits better what Shanahan wants I mean Mitchell is the the better comp to Mostert Um, he's a Mm -hmm. more similar player to Mostert um, than Sermon is but it might end up being a hot hand kind of situation Um, so it's hard to know you know I think they're both kind of in that RB2 low end RB2 or RB3 kind of range this week yeah, it's interesting, and I, th- I could see both of them having a a decent game, though. No matter how they're kind of uh, thrown out there, you know, in terms of s- snaps and and mixing it up, because I do think that that you know San Francisco will want to rely on on this backfield. I think they'll want to uh, keep the ball out of Kyler Murray and the pass happy offense of the Cardinals as much as they can. So I think they they want to try and control the clock through running, and so I think I could see both both backs having a really good day. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Um, meanwhile, wh- where are you on Debo Samuel? Because, you know, people are really, really moving him up their rankings at this point. Like, they're thinking of him as like an every week wide receiver one. And I'm skeptical of that. I really am. I mean, especially with Lance, a quarterback. Um, but even with Garoppolo, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, I think George Kittle is still the number one um, target in this offense. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Ayuk is is playing is you know a threat too i mean so i i feel like samuel is like he's got a high floor because they're going to manufacture uh touches for him whether it's you know rushing or receiving but mm-hmm. i don't i don't i don't see that wide receiver one uh upside like i mean he's done it so far but i just don't think it's sustainable i think he's going to settle in more as like a mid to low end wide receiver two when when the dust settles 
Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I feel like I've been on record saying I really only trust like George Kittle as a pass catcher, as a pass catching option in this this offense, just because you know they are that kind of run heavy team. Um, you've got Ayuk showing up and then not showing up, and you just don't. There's just too many question marks, I think, um, outside of Kittle. Uh, but yes, I mean, he has he has performed well. Um, I don't think that he is a true wide receiver one though. So I I guess I I, I agree with you here and. Um, it's just, it's just too, too question marky, you know, over, yeah. you know, over there with their, with their pass catchers, I think. So. Speaking of question marky, yeah. I like that question you created marky. a new term. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the Cardinals offense is sort of question marky question too. Marky. I mean, I yep. think that obviously Kyler is a elite play each and every week. And I expect them to score a lot of points in this game. I mean, the, the, the 49ers defense is just not a defense you really have to fear anymore. Um, I mean, they're, they're not bad, but you don't have to fear them. Uh, I expect the Cardinals to score a lot of points in this game. Uh, but who's going to score those points, you know? And because in the receiver core, it's still very messy. I, I've really downgraded my expectations for DeAndre Hopkins a little bit at this point. I mean, he's just – his target share is just not there for a alpha wide receiver. Injury-related a little bit, I think. Maybe, um, but they just have – I mean, they have a lot of talent in their receiver yeah, core. I mean, A.J. Yeah. Green used to be an alpha himself, and he's playing good football right now. And mm-hmm. Christian Kirk and uh, Rondell Moore are both explosive talents who can make big plays, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, And I feel like Kyler is often uh, improvising and, uh, you know, buying time in the pocket or outside the pocket. And he uh, it's going to be whoever happens to come wide open in that uh, – on any given play is going to get the football. Uh, it's not an offense that's just like focused on feeding targets to the first read, which would be Hopkins, you know? So um, I just, I don't know. I think Hopkins is kind of more of a wide receiver two at this point than a wide receiver one. And um, and then the other three guys, it's just kind of, you know, flip a coin or I guess there's three of them. So flip a three-sided die. Who's going to, who's going to have the big game. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, I think we talked about this a little bit last week where it's just like, you know, that this is a pass happy team. You know, that they're, that they're, that they score high, uh, points. You just don't know who's going to be scoring them and on a weekly basis. And from a fantasy perspective, you know, that's a little maddening, you know, in real life, this is great for the Cardinals, but, um, yeah, I I agree. I think that Hopkins, I don't know if it's injury-related or not, but it, it doesn't matter. They can kind of rotate these four guys, um, and you have to be able to expect that, uh, you know, you can't rely on them, um, but th- they could go off. One of them is going to go off, you know. Yeah. A couple of them are going to go off, and you just don't know who. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's and it's a wild. similar situation with the Cardinals' backfield too. I mean, mm-hmm. like Chase Edmonds is the man between the twenties, but uh, you know James Conner is starting to uh, resemble another former Steeler, Jerome Bettis, in terms of his touchdown yes. vulturing. I mean, yeah. this guy is just one of the one of the best bets in the league to score short yardage touchdowns each and every week Um, because this offense is a juggernaut and they give the ball to to Connor when they get inside that 10 yard line and he's Mm -hmm. been getting the job done so um, you know I still prefer Edmonds um, every week as a even in a non-PPR format I think he's uh, in in that low end RB2 kind of range but Mm -hmm. James Connor is at this point I mean he's an RB3 flex that you can feel pretty good about playing especially in games like this where the Cardinals are expected to win which they will be most of their their games they're four and oh this season they're a very good team uh so I think James Conner is uh firmly back 
uh, in that RB3 flex mix. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely agree with this. I mean, I feel like you can be confident throwing Connor out there as, you know, certainly a flex play um, because of just what you said. This is a high scoring offense. He's getting the goal line work. <laughs> Bingo, bango, put in James Conner. <laughs> Be confident about it. Bingo, bango. <laughs> bingo, like bango. It. Question marky, bingo, bango. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a fun party game. Let's play some question marky, bingo, bango. What? Um, yep. All right, let's move on to what's probably going to be the most exciting game of the entire week. Sunday Night Football. Bills at Chiefs at Arrowhead. Man. Start them all. F- 56 and a half point over under. Uh, mm-hmm. Chiefs favored by three. I mean, it's one of those situations where uh, the Bills actually have a really good defense, but it doesn't matter. I mean, against Kansas City, it just doesn't matter, right? Yeah, no, just start them all. This is just like an easy one. This is going to be a very fun game, I think. And I think it's going to be fun from just watching it. And then I also think from just a a fantasy point, it'll be kind of like, I feel like, you know, it'll be like Oprah would be like, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you Uh get a touchdown. This is, I feel like how this game is going to go this week. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. And I think it's a game where, um, you know, if you are, if you're kind of struggling with who to put into a flex spot or something like that, this is a game where you should gravitate towards. So like guys like uh, Cole Beasley, for example, he's been a little bit disappointing so far this season, but uh, I'm starting him in one league because I want action on this game. You know, I I think you could look at the chief side. You could say, maybe this is a a good game for me, Cole Hardman. Uh, You know, I wouldn't start Josh Gordon quite yet. <laughs> this will be his first game uh, in Kansas City, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think secondary playmakers could uh, could um, pop up for touchdowns in this game. Um, but yeah, I mean, there should be a lot of Travis Kelsey, a lot of Tyreek Hill, a lot of Stephon mm-hmm. Diggs uh, in this game, and uh, both quarterbacks. I mean, I have them as my number one and two QBs for the week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this start them all. Start them all. Start and, them uh, all. And don't don't uh don't worry about Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but I Daryl Williams is is a decent stash at this point. He's stealing snaps. He is. Edwards Hilaire has uh just been dropping each week. His snap count has been dropping each week. So I know. Um, I know. He's had two good two good weeks, but it is something to kind of I mean it might be a situation where he's just fresher with less playing time and it, yeah, I mean he's, maybe it makes him perform better. So I don't yeah, know. Maybe. All right, let's move on to the Monday night game. That's the Colts at the at the uh, Ravens, mm. the battle of uh, Baltimore and former Baltimore. Um, so Ravens favored by seven, 45 and a half over under. Uh, I mean, I think the Ravens defense is back um, to playing good football. Um, they had they had some struggles early on, but. Uh, you know, I I don't think this is a great matchup for Indianapolis. Uh, I you know uh, Carson Wentz, I, I want no part of. I, I really want no part of their passing game. I mean, even Michael Pittman. Uh, you know, I think you can find a better wide receiver three this week probably. Um, and on the Baltimore side, I mean, I th- I just have a feeling that Lamar Jackson is going to explode. I mean, he's. He's been really good this year, but he would have been even better if Marquise Brown hadn't dropped all those touchdown passes. And, uh, you know, I think the best is still yet to come uh, from Lamar Jackson. Um, I do really like Marquise Brown uh, this season. I just think he is um, he is just such a big play threat. I mean, he may have a few duds here and there, but I'm excited to fire him up uh, in this matchup as well. 
And then, you know, as long as Latavius Murray is the lead back in Baltimore, he's got a little bit of uh, RB2 uh, appeal, maybe on the lower end of that. But, um, you know, he's serviceable at least. Yeah. And, you know, I think with Marquise Brown, you know, uh, I've kind of changed my tune on him. I thought that he was going to be a very kind of hit or miss uh, receiver this season, you know, but um, that really couldn't be further from the truth. You know, the, the Ravens are, are passing the ball more this year than they've done in the past. And it's, it's going his way. You know, I mean, he's has, he has three touchdowns in four games. He's dropped uh, <laughs> three, three touchdown passes, you know, so, it, so um, could have been even more, but they're throwing it more. It's going to him. I, I do. I like both uh, Jackson and Brown in this game. Um, I'm not excited about anyone um, on the Colts. I just yeah. even Jonathan Taylor, you know, yes, you know, he had a, his probably his best uh, game of the week last week, but that was against the Dolphins, which, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier. It's just, it's easy to really bad run against defense. the Dolphins. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that he will have more of a fantasy day like he's had in his first three weeks, you know, where. Uh, he may not score a touchdown, but I think the yardage, or he, I guess he might, but I think that the yardage will be low. And I just, I don't, I don't like any of the Colts. Uh, yeah. Week. I mean, I think you're still, you're still starting Jonathan Taylor if you have him, but yeah, it's yes, probably I won't agree. be one of his, one of his best games. Um, yeah. With the, with Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the fact that they, you know, have this record streak of 100 yard rushing games going, uh, it just, it opens up those deep passes because the yeah. safeties have to come down to to stop the run and that just opens it up for Marquise Brown down the field um I just think that's going to be there for this team all year and Lamar Jackson is not afraid to make those throws so um I, yeah I think that that they've been effective um doing those big play uh pa- big plays in the passing mm-hmm. game and I think it's uh it's only going to get better from here do you think Rashad Bateman will have any play this week? Like he'll, I'm curious uh, to see. I mean, I would expect them to work yeah. him in pretty slowly. Um, I do think he yeah. probably will be active in this game, but uh, I would expect him to be the wide, the, the third uh, wide receiver on the depth chart right now because Sammy Watkins is a solid, uh, reliable veteran. But as, as the season goes along, I bet you they're going to try to scheme up more and more ways uh, to get Bateman involved. But, you know, I don't think he's like a – I don't think he's a must-roster player right now, to be honest, just because uh, – Hollywood Brown is getting the job done and I don't you know I think if Bateman's path his path to fantasy relevance would be stealing Hollywood Brown's job and I just don't see that happening right now so yeah. uh you know it's Mark Andrews and, and and Hollywood are the receivers you want in Baltimore yes yep all right well I think uh we we this is a longer show than usual Lauren this we were really one, yeah. really fired up to talk about week five uh and I hope <laughs> you've enjoyed uh our preview of week five uh, you can uh, check out our website, rosrankings.com, for our updated rest of season rankings. Lauren and I will both be putting out our start-sit articles um, before uh, this weekend's action as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. And you can follow me at LK Auerbach. And always, if you can rate, review, like, subscribe, ring that bell, whatever needs to get done, uh, we greatly appreciate it. Um, thank you for listening and good luck in week five. And remember, there's an early game on Sunday this week. So set those lineups. Sure you count for that. Set those lineups early this week. You don't want to miss out on the uh, London action. Yeah. So and if you're on the West everybody. Coast, you've got to get up early. Make sure that there's oh, no yeah. surprise inactives. Set yep. that alarm. Set it. <laughs> All right. All thanks right. a lot, everyone. See you next week. 
You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.